This week, we interview Karen Kildall Ochigroso from the Northwest Washington Fair. And on Whatcom Dads Recommend, we share some simple things that you can do to get your kids prepared for going back to school. I'm Nathan Dwyer, and alongside Chris Roselli and Mark Bagley, we are the Whatcom Dads Podcast. So, Chris, I have a question. Uh, does your wife listen to our podcasts? Yes, she does, in fact, Nathan. Did she listen to two episodes ago when you told a joke about eyebrows and looking surprised? <laughs> she did hear that one. Yes. Was she surprised to hear that in that joke, you said my girlfriend? She never, she never made a comment about that, actually. Maybe, maybe uh, she didn't catch it or it just doesn't surprise her anymore that I say things like that. Well, my wife caught it immediately. And said, <laughs> Why is Chris talking about his girlfriend on the podcast? We're very up. We're very upfront and forward about our relationships. You know, you're so progressive, Chris. It's, well, you know, very. Mo- it's like the modern pentathlon. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm a very. We're a very modern relationship. Speaking of the modern pentathlon, what a segue, Chris. <laughs> I did a little more research after I talked at length about this very obscure Olympic event uh, a few weeks ago. So here's what I learned. This was created to mimic what cavalry soldiers would need to do to escape behind enemy lines. Hence, they would need to swim, sword fight, ride a horse, run and shoot. And so that was the uh, that was how they came up with this event. And it's been run in every Olympics since 1912. That answers the question of how did such an obscure five sports come together? So I did not watch any Olympics the entire time. Like, you know, shouldn't surprise you, but I did read articles about the Olympics and I did see regarding the modern pentathlon, there was a woman who was in first place going into the horse jumping and her horse refused to jump and she dropped to like 39th place. Oh no. You're right. This is the big controversy. I did watch both the men's and women's and it was really sort of startling to see that she had done so well in the other events and then randomly draw a horse and uh, she gets out there and it just won't go. And unfortunately, <laughs> she was so upset. She got she was in tears and her coach was so upset that when the horse rode by, her coach punched the horse, which led to the coach being summarily uh, kicked out of the remainder of the Olympics for punching a horse. Wow. 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 And so I always have a problem with the judged events, you know, because you have that human element and totally I, I just don't like it. I'm now having a serious problem with the modern pentathlon because you get this animal that you can't control who completely messes you up if you're in line to win the gold medal. I don't like it. Not a fan. So the commentators said that most of the horse jumping is the rider and that these horses that were used all had to try out and run the course ahead of time and be selected. But there is a little bit of luck. But what sport doesn't have a little bit of luck? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, but you know, if you're swimming, I think you got a lot more control over the outcome than if you're riding a horse you've never ridden before. Well, it's an odd thing. You know, they actually did all five events in one stadium. I mean, they built a temporary pool. Uh, they had the the fencing and the horse jumping, and then they took a several hour break, and then they did the finale, which was the run and the shoot. And it turns out that they don't shoot bullets anymore. They shoot a laser gun at targets, and so it was like a thirty-two. It's modern. It was a 3,200 meter course, like a cross country course. And four times you had to stop and shoot five targets and then you could keep running. So 
the men completed that in like 11 minutes. And, and it was again, staggered, a staggered start based on how you did in the other three events. Well, maybe instead of punching that horse, the coach should have shot the horse. <laughs> well, that's one way to look at it with a laser gun, maybe the laser yeah, gun, right? Yeah. With a laser gun, of course. Yeah, of course. Mark, yeah. You love animals. Uh, one more note on the modern pentathlon. I didn't realize how many hats they would wear. Literally, they wear different hats. There's a swim cap for swimming. There's that uh, fancy course riding hat that uh, I think acts as a helmet. And then there's that uh, beekeeper's hat they wear for fencing. So in the course of one day, they sure did a lot of outfit changes. My favorite is that you probably just absolutely offended all sorts of folks by calling it a beekeeper's hat. And uh, the I think it's a helmet hat that they wear on the horse. Uh, we should find what the real names are of all of these different uh, little headgear devices they wear. Well, I didn't at least say that they should shoot the horse. I'm sure that offends <laughs> some people, too. The horse didn't jump. Come on. So I asked you guys to uh, think a little bit about this being the modern pentathlon we're discussing. What about the modern, modern pentathlon? <laughs> if, uh, if teenagers these days were competing, what are some of the things that a teenager uh, would be really good at? So maybe between the three of us, we can come up with five uh, events that they could do. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chris, what do you think? Well, I think you would need to uh, you would need a scooter really fast to your destination, right? You know, like razor scooter and maybe do a, you know, you could have it go through a little half pipe or something, maybe through a skate park of some sort. And then they would have to do like TikTok dancing when they get to that next spot. Um, those would be the first two things that I would pick in the modern modern. I think napping would be a good one for teenagers. <laughs> like which kid could nap with like blaring music or who could nap the longest or. I mean, I don't have teenagers yet, but my sense yeah. is some of them can be a bit uh, sleeping in, a little bit lazy sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought about maybe uh, pouting or sulking or just being in a mood. <laughs> you could kind of judge. There you bring in the element of the judge again. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. those are three things that teenagers do pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Based on how well you, uh, you know, the eye roll or ignoring, mm -hmm. that would be a good one. Yep. Maybe the retort, you know, that, you know, you could, you know rate those i think that's a good one that's a good idea that would work well how about speed texting you give them a long yeah. sen sentence and see who can type it in fast i've seen some of these teenagers it blows me away how quickly they can text and along those lines i was thinking just multitasking because these kids can you know be watching a movie and snapchatting and texting and carrying on a conversation all at the same time so you know the, the multitasking competition that is crazy. We will be watching a show together. Alyssa will be working on a, she's building, plays Roblox, or she's building like a, a village while messaging folks in the game, while also can, communicating with us in the room all at the same time. It's pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. We'll look out in uh, 2080. There might be some changes to the modern, modern pentathlon. <laughs> Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson & Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson & Cole, when you need us, we will be here. 
Hello, Welcome Dads podcast listeners. We are super excited to have Karen Kildall Ochegroso, who is the Director of Sponsorships for the Northwest Washington Fair, which is coming up very, very soon. Karen, thank you so much for being here with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. We are, let's see, Monday, Tuesday, three sleeps away from opening day. So we're excited. Fair. I am so excited. My kids are super excited. Uh, they're trying to figure out, do we go in the day? Do we go at the night? Do we do both? When are we going to bring our friends? Well, I'll tell you what, we have season passes this year for 35 bucks. So for 70 bucks, you can ship your kids off for 10 days and never see them again. So that's way cheaper than childcare, right? You can stay at my house. It's all good. Well, and this podcast is going to drop on the 13th. So folks are going to be uh, two days in already by the time they listen to this. So uh, still take advantage of that deal. Yeah. Karen, I'm just wondering, you know, you said it was 10 days this year and it used to only be six days. So tell us a little bit about that decision to expand it, which I think is fantastic. So, you know, that's a really great question. That is something that has been on our radar for I don't know, I'm going to say 10 years. Uh, we would really love to have two weekends. There were some obstacles there, uh, opening on a Sunday. And then, of course, just the expansion of 10 days. And with the COVID closure in 2020, we felt like we had a little extra time, a little extra time to plan. Plus, who knew what 2021 was going to bring? May there be capacity restrictions? So what a great year to pull the trigger on that, give it a try. Uh, so our fair this year is opening on a Thursday. So we have a full weekend in there. And then we are closing on a Saturday. So 10 full days. 10 full days. It's a big nut to crack. A, yeah. I will tell you, who could have foreseen these labor shortages, um, which doesn't just affect us, but all of our vendors. So really interesting. Um, if you see it on Facebook and have the opportunity to volunteer for any of these PTAs that are just begging for help, please do it. Um, and then the supply chain issues is super interesting also, but it feels like today it's all really coming together. It's just such a wonderful community event. You know, I'm really proud in 2019, we had 69 different nonprofit groups make the majority of their operating budget here at the fair, right? So it's, it's about so much more than carnival rides and food on a stick, right? It's yeah. truly a community jewel. And it's not the Linden Fair, just happens to live here. So the Northwest Washington Fair belongs to our whole county, our whole community. That's right. So how many years has the fair taken place? Oh, uh, let's see. In 2010, we celebrated our 100th anniversary. Oh <laughs> So you mentioned some of the issues with supply chain and labor shortages. How else is the fair going to look different this year as we're uh, still in the midst of something that was completely unexpected and has changed the way we do things? You know, we've always been very conscious of our cleaning protocols. You know, E. coli is a thing that when you mix people and animals um, can be a real danger. So, you know, we're already bleaching floors, bleaching walls. We're just bringing in a little bit more certification to that. Um, we are GBAC certified, which means that we meet these certain benchmarks of health, safety, and cleanliness. Um, we are the only fair in the state of Washington so far to receive that certification, which is wow. exciting. Yeah. Um, T-Mobile Park is another example of that certification. So we're really, really proud of that. 
because we clean so often with E. coli, we had a, a leg up, you know, on a lot of, on a lot of places It takes about a year to get that certification. Wow. Um, all of our tablecloths are, instead of linen, we're using wipeable. All of our surfaces are cleanable. We've doubled the amount of hand washing stations. You know, it's the same protocols that are out there yeah. everywhere, for sure. And you've got outdoor and indoor uh, exhibits. Uh, is are, are masks required indoor at the fair as people are thinking about what they should bring with them as they go to the fair? You know, our recommendation is to follow the CDC guidelines. That's our official masking policy. Um, I will say that all of our buildings, though they are covered and they are indoor, have either northwest, north and south airflow or east and west airflow. They're huge buildings with tall ceilings. Um, you know, whatever makes you comfortable. Right that being said, there will be a lot of unmasked folks there because it is outdoor mm -hmm. and it's not a requirement. So if that is not your comfort zone, this might not be the place for you this year. Karen, I was reading the, the fair guide that was put out in the paper over the weekend, and I saw something called a blast pass. Yes. I, I think that's something new. Tell us a little bit about that. It is that. brand new. That is one of the things that we shifted for because of COVID. It is a contactless payment system used for all food and beverage concessionaires. So basically, you load money on a prepaid card. It lasts the whole entire 10 days of fair. Um, and just like if you have a visa that you just, or Apple Pay that you touch it to the machine, it is that way. Um, it's going to help us speed up the lines immensely. And it's not a requirement for any vendors with the exception of food and beverage because there's so many people touching food, touching money. There's so many touch points. There are 12 different locations that you can load money here on the grounds. Um, three are fully, everyone is fully staffed. Three will accept cash and credit. Um, you go to any of those fully staffed, they're called uh, redemption stations. And any money you don't spend, you can certainly get back that day. So, cool. or you can just go online. If you don't want to wait in a short little line to get your money back, you can go online and it will be refunded. So nice. That's really it's cool. one of those health and safety things. Yeah, that makes good sense. And faster. And nice. way faster. So you had talked earlier about how for 70 bucks, we can dump our kids off at the fair for 10 days and not see them uh, yeah. uh, for, for 10 straight days in a row. Uh, that will absolutely <laughs> thrill my girls. And um, so you mentioned there aren't just the rides. What are some of the other attractions that kids or other listener um, listeners may be interested in? Yeah. So one of the things we really pride ourselves on is you know, we're less expensive than a movie to get into the gate and you can spend the entire day there and maybe not see it all. Um, with, the with the exception of the main grandstand stage, everything else is included with your gate admission ticket. And that is something we really take to heart. We work hard on. Um, so if you walk in the main gate to your left is Banner Bank Festival stage. I'm sure y'all have been hypnotized by, you know, Jerry Harris. <laughs> many times but he's back again this year we just have regional entertainment on that stage that just can't be beat lots of uh roam around acts if you continue walking into the fair we created this whole brand new area it's the peace peace health kids adventure zone there's a kid stage there uh with professor finkelstein um <laughs> think bill nye the science guy for a little bit younger set 
cool. super funny. Um, there's a kids ventriloquist there. Um, the, uh, an area called the backyard for kind of a place of respite. So when younger kids kind of need a place to chillax for a while. Yeah. And then Puzzle Mania, uh, it's edutainment. So it's all these different puzzles that you can put together. There, of course, is Small Animal Experience. If you've been to the fair, you have seen Small Animal Experience. That's where the baby pigs live. Um, so all baby animals and more petite animals. Think baby donkeys, baby chickens, small animals. Um, of course, all the animal exhibits are free. The giraffe horse shows are free. A huge thing we're really excited about is the Canine All-Stars. If you are a America's Got Talent watcher, yep. we have them here. And they're doing three shows daily. Oh, uh, oh right on. Battle of the Water Tower. So that is wonderful. We have Community Stage. Uh, you are able to participate on Community Stage if you live in Whatcom, Skagit, or Island Counties. And we have everything from clomping dancers to hula dancers to micro bands to solo acts. That's really fun. Monday, Monday, that would be the 16th, is First Responders Appreciation Day. Oh. So all first responders, anyone with the badge, gets into the fair at no charge that day. Spread nice. the word. Nice. And then Tuesday, this is the fourth year, the fourth event that we're having Military Appreciation Day. And we go just a step further with Military Appreciation Day is not only the currently serving or the veteran, but everyone that lives under your roof because they're credentialed um, gets into the fair for free that day. And that's Tuesday, August 17th. And that is such a wonderful, special day that usually ends up being my favorite day of the fair. Wonderful. And is there a kid's day? Did I see something about that as well? There is a kid's day. That's on Wednesday. Um, All kiddos 12 and under getting free all day on Wednesday. Talk about the main stage. Let's talk about the acts that are coming. And then is there some additional charge to see those acts? There is. And all the, um, so the draft tour shows, that are in the grandstand during the day, of course, are complimentary. If you go online, I just want to start off and say our website is nwwafair.com. You just Google Linden Fair, Northwest Washington Fair, and all the pricing is, is online there. Um, draft tour shows are free, but we open like we always have for the last 40 years with Demolition Derby. And so we have expanded to Two full nights of Demolition Derby. Yes. Now, is it already sold? Are they both sold out already? They're pretty darn close. Those things, they are so fun and they sell out really fast. So listeners, get going on getting those tickets if you haven't already gotten them. Yes. So that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We have two of these new formats. They're festival type events. So we open the doors at three and go all day and all night long. Um, the first one on Saturday is called Northwest Rock Fest. Um, we're bringing in a Journey cover band, a Heart cover band. Hell's, Hell's Bells, Bells is coming. Yes! Hell's Bells. And then uh, Asia featuring John Payne. Um, oh, Lou Graham. Sorry, Lou Graham. Of right on. Yep. Yeah. And those tickets are really inexpensive. Sunday, we are doing a couple of really fun different things. So I grew up here in the county, born and raised. And one of the things that I remember fondly is in July, all the churches used to shutter. And we used to have a combined church service in the grandstand, not during fair time, 
maybe in July. Well, we're bringing that back. And actually the Sunday of fair, we are having a combined church service. And so there's a whole bunch of pastors in Lincoln that are working on that, putting that right on. on. And I don't want to say that if you come to church, you get into the fair for free. <laughs> but if you come to the fair before 10 a.m. on Sunday, you get complimentary admission. So take that for what it is. And then Sunday, we are doing what's called a Haripio Baile, which is a Mexican rodeo and concert. Wow. No way. It's not like the American rodeo, which we're used to, their term, not mine. Uh, they have 10 bulls. They ride as long as they can. They have mariachi bands that play in between that. It's this, it's a little bit more drawn out, but it's tons of fun. Everybody comes dressed to the nines, ready to wow. party. And then they tear that all down. I guess it takes like 20 minutes and they're bringing in two bands. And the headliner is Marco Flores, who is a huge regional sensation. So it should be pretty wild here in L-Town on a Sunday. <laughs> pretty excited about that. Uh, Monday and Tuesday is Linden PRCA Rodeo. If you're unfamiliar with rodeo, PRCA makes it a professional rodeo, which is what you always want to go see. Um, this is how the, these folks, these riders make their living. So they're very competitive and they're really good shows. Uh, these are where the military appreciation and first responder events culminate in the grandstand. So that's fun. Wednesday, we have uh, Darcy Lynn Farmer. So when we first booked her, she was a cute little 14-year-old thing. She won America's Got Talent season. Mark, you must be American Got Talent watching yeah. nodding. When I <laughs> um, and now a year and a half has passed, and she's 16 now. And her show is just a touch edgier. Um, so I'm excited to see what that's going to be like, but very family-friendly. And that dovetails nicely with the... Uh, Kids free day on Wednesday. Thursday, Nellie's coming to Linden. <laughs> Nellie's coming to Linden on Thursday. It's getting hot in there. That's right. I tell you. <laughs> uh, Friday, we have Old Dominion. Oh, right on. Highest, never booked such a, I don't know, I guess expensive act. So we're really excited about that. And tickets are selling really well. And, and then Saturday is our last uh, festival type show. So we have uh, Southbound, which is a local favorite as an mm -hmm. opener. Um, then we have Jamie O'Neill, who is also a local favorite. She's gone to Nashville, recorded three or four albums. We have her every few years. Uh, then we go to Parmalee, Kanan Smith, and the headliner there is the Eli Young Band. So there is literally something for everyone. Literally something for everyone. Unless you hate fairs, then there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing, though, Karen, you did not mention is the mutton busted is back. The mutton, mutton busted never left. Oh, Are you okay. kidding? <laughs> mutton busting is so fun. Okay. Um, yeah, I need to know what this is. I obviously I'm, do not I'm know what I, I don't know what mutton busting is. Yeah. So it is when... Honestly, I don't know why parents do it, but it is delightful to watch these kiddos. So if you are, I would say it's probably three, four, five-year-olds, maybe six-year-olds if you're under 50 pounds. It depends on the sheep that we get annually, um, <laughs> what your weight limit can be. No, for real, for real. 
and they put this kiddo on the back of a sheet. The kid's wearing a helmet and they're holding on to this wolf wool for dear life. And they start him at one end of the arena and they shuck him out of a chute and they have to run into another chute. And the kid hangs on for dear life and hopes he doesn't fall off. And if he doesn't fall off, he wins a buckle. It's, it's amazing. It's, it, it, it's yeah. very sweet. And some kids really rise to the challenge and some kids completely panic. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. And uh, well, my favorite of course is the Moo Witch. I assume the Moo Witch will be back again this year. They are in Moo Witch production as we speak in the Dairy Women booth. So, oh my gosh. So uh, delicious. Linden Dutch Bakery made all of their Moo Witches or excuse me, all of their cookies. This year, they use a secret recipe, obviously full of butter, um, (laughs) and they're making 12,000 new witches this year. So, Linda Dutch Bakery had to make 24,000. Well, Karen, this is is great information. Uh, We will put a link to the website in our show notes. Thank you. Before we let you go, let's hit you with a few rapid fire just for you. Ooh, I love rapid fire. Your your fire favorites, okay? Ooh. Let's go start first with your favorite animal to see in the barn. Oh, baby pigs. Except I grew up on a dairy farm. Sorry, dad. Baby cat. <laughs> Tilt a whirl or the zipper? Oh, neither at age 52. But <laughs> eighth grade KK zipper all day long. Yeah. Hypnotist or magician? Oh, I would never be hypnotized because they say your true self comes out. And what uh, grandstand act are you most excited to see? Demolition Derby. But the 35-year-old me says Nelly. Okay. that's uh, You can have two. That's fine. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe Haripio Baile, too, because Ooh. that is just so intriguing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I want to see Something that. different. Yeah. 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 Well, we know it's a busy week for you. We will let you go. Listeners out there, the fair is in full swing. If you download this on a Friday morning, you've still got nine more days to go check it out. Thanks so much, Karen. We hope to see you out there this year. You will. Thank you. It was nice. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks, Karen. Have a great fair, Karen. Good luck. All righty. Take care. This week on Whatcom Dads Recommend, we know that school is starting soon. Chris and I both have kids who will be back in the classroom in just a few weeks. Mark, Mark has one child still left in college, but I thought we could toss out a few quick and simple things that we do before the school year starts that might help you parents out there get ready for the upcoming school year. So the first one that I'm going to recommend is something we do as a family is try and get your kids on that schedule of school waking up at least a week beforehand. So we've already started to taper now. We're moving those bedtimes back. We've been pretty liberal in the summer, letting them stay up. But if you can, by the week before, get them up each day at the time they're going to need to be up to get breakfast in them, catch the bus, whatever, I think that first week of school is going to go much, much smoother. Yeah, we used to do that too, Nathan. And I feel like as our kids have gotten older, we've either, A, just gotten lazier as parents in following up on that, or we just trust that they're going to figure it out. We do start having them think about going to bed earlier. Um, but we don't get them. We used to get them up earlier in the morning and kind of get them ready for that, but we don't really do that anymore. I think one of the big things that we do that really just gets them excited and thinking about the school year is, 
is the back to school shopping, you know, shopping for a lunchbox, shopping for a backpack, kind of getting the gear and thinking about what it is that they're going to need for the school year gets them back in to the mindset for what we call in our household, the S word, because Amy's a teacher and therefore we're not allowed to use the S word up until a couple of weeks before the school year starts. So, Yeah, exactly. So Chris, I'm just curious, what kind of lunchbox did you have in school? I had a Dukes of Hazard lunchbox. I also had a Pac-Man lunchbox. Ooh, that's the tin ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were great. Yeah, I think I had. I might had a chips one, and maybe even like a superhero one at one time. Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't Lay's chips? It was the TV show chips. So uh, one thing that we would do is we try to get the kids just kind of thinking about academics again. So maybe encouraging them to do a little bit more reading as school got closer or writing or just something to kind of stimulate the old academic side of the brain. Because if they're doing video games or, you know, just running around outside, they may have kind of forgotten what school is all about. So we, we try to do something along those lines. Yeah, that's a good point. Another quick, easy thing to do is run through their jackets, clothes, backpacks, and get your phone number and last name written on those because the lost and found can be a, uh, a crazy place. And so if you've got, uh, <laughs> if you got everything marked up and don't put their first name on it if you have more than one kid, because with three, everything is getting passed down. So we just throw last name on there and a, a phone number, and hopefully those things will make their way back to us when they're left out on the playground during recess. One other thing I have done to help my kids get back in the swing of things literally is to take them to the playground at the school a couple of times before the school year starts. They're going to refamiliarize themselves with the swings, the monkey bars and things like that. And that way on that first day of recess, when they go out there, they might feel a little more comfortable with uh, what's going on out there. And I would think walking the kids maybe to the bus stop if they're taking the school bus, just so they know their surroundings and maybe even do the route of the school bus so they understand how long they'll be on the bus. Things like that is probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Something that we've done with uh, the kids is we've actually ridden our bikes before the school year to school um, just because there's going to be a time. There's always a time where we get sort of stuck and uh, the opportunity for them to ride their bike to school is not that far away. And so for them to really know the route and how to get there, we try to encourage them to do that, too. So parents, uh, good luck. We've got about uh, three-ish weeks left, depending oh. on when your, when your school district starts up again. Hopefully some of this will help you get them uh, prepared, ready to go for when the S word happens again. <laughs> Special thanks to Karen Kildall Ochegroso for joining us this week. There is a link to the Northwest Washington Fair website in our show notes. And as always, thanks to our sponsor, Robinson & Cole Attorneys. You can reach the show through our Facebook page, or you can email us at whatcomedadspodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week for a special back-to-school episode where we'll interview a local elementary school principal. say to the right eye. What? Between us, something smells. What kind of animal is always at a baseball game? What? A bat. Why did the cookie go to the hospital? Why? Because it was feeling crummy.